Yeah, hi everyone. My name is PK, and here I have Aaron Steele, a member of the Property Investment Accelerator, and he's just got a fantastic property. I'll read out the details real quick. It gets him net a hundred dollars a week in positive cash flow, even with high interest rates. He bought it for four fifty thousand dollars, rents conservatively for six fifty, so it's a seven and a half percent yield. Property pays for itself. He bought this in Queensland from Adelaide, so like, I mean. We were just chatting earlier. It just ticks all the boxes. When he sent this to me, I was like trying to poke holes in it. I was like, why is it such good year? There might be something wrong with it, but there wasn't. So big congratulations to you, Aaron. And guys, if you're interested in getting these types of high growth, high yielding properties, you're interested in buying interstate, then I'm sure Aaron will drop a lot of value bombs. Welcome to the Oz Property Investment Mastery Podcast. My name is PK and I help busy people build passive income by buying top 5% growth and cash flow property and build a portfolio using data without wasting months doing research, spending weekends at inspection or catching flights or dropping ten dollars to $20,000 on buyer's agents every single time. So if you're confused, lack confidence and just overwhelmed with all the information and marketing misinformation available online and don't know where to start, then this show is for you. Maybe we'll just start from the start. Um, like what got you into property? So I think you mentioned before that you already have a principal place of residence in mm -hmm. Adelaide, which presumably has done very well over the last few years. Um, <laughs> why? Well, okay, let's go into that as well. What, yeah. what got you into in investing in property? Yeah, so I guess um, looking all the way back, I um, inherited uh, a property when I was um, actually a teenager. And so that, that was renting out. Um, and I used to enjoy lording that over my friends at school, telling them how much I was earning every hour that they weren't um, just for doing nothing. So I um, always enjoyed that that aspect of property and how it was like a, it was a solid um i guess asset that would you know yield long-term growth uh, and, and you know in cash flow so um as i got a bit older <laughs> and sort of um started to understand a bit more about the property market i um yeah i was always much more interested in that as opposed to say you know the other obvious example here being shares because um, while shares, you know, has got a lot more liquidity, um, it can fall on a heap very quickly as well if you don't make the right moves. So whereas property, if you hold on to it long enough, you'll ultimately generally will succeed in the long term. So you just got to be able to ride that wave. So, um, yeah, I got, um, we purchased this uh, primary residence back in 2018. So, um, it's not your typical um, property. It was a large sort of acreage that we then built on. Um, and then, you know, a few years later, well, actually, as we, just as we moved in, um, the pandemic really shut everything down. So, um, and then we saw that um, crazy growth cycle during the pandemic as well. So I was, was able to pull uh, equity out of the place that we're in at the moment um, to then, yeah, start that uh, property portfolio again, uh, which I've just which I've just uh, settled or well, about to settle on now. So yeah, it's been been pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's no, good. Good to hear. I didn't know you had an acreage. That's pretty cool. 
Um, and we're talking about how like you're a business analyst and you're in the mining industry. I also used to be a management consultant and we're talking about how like you used to or actually still go in the underground mines to kind of build rapport with people that you're working with so that you can do your job better. That's the exact same that I used to do way back when, when I was working for Deloitte. I guess my question to you is like, from that, I can clearly tell that you're like a hands-on person. Like you're not afraid of putting on the high vis, the helmets, all the other protective stuff going a hundred meters underground to the coal no. face, literally. Like was, was it that, you know, like, is that your mindset of just like getting your hands dirty? Is that why you did the course instead of using a buyer's agent or what impelled you to, to take a DIY approach? Yeah. So, I mean, I, um, yeah, absolutely. The, the DIY approach has always been my, my remit. And I, um, I generally trust my own knowledge that I've developed, um, over just what someone's told me without any kind of necessarily, you know, evidence that they can back it up with. So, um, I much prefer to make my own wrong decisions than make wrong decisions that someone else has told me to do. So um, I think what really um, triggered this whole um, aspect of, you know, because I was originally going to go with a buyer's agent. Um, I had a few weeks off halfway through the year um, and I was really into, you know, I had you know, completely time off from work and everything. So I was like, okay, well, I really want to start, um, you know, focusing on building an investment portfolio. I don't want to do that um, the wrong way. I want to make sure that I make right decisions. So, you know, I, I will trust the people that have put a lot of content, like, you know, they're, they're buyers agents, obviously. They've put a lot of content out on YouTube about, you know, how to, um, where where to buy and that sort of thing, but also the process they go through, which, you know, there's a bit of a mystique element to it as well. Like they don't give you too much information about what it is they actually do. Um, but, you know, I, I'm usually willing to pay for value. So I was looking at using one of those, but then I somehow, I don't even know how, stumbled across this guy um, called PK who was like, oh, I don't use a buyer's agent. I'll teach you how to do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was like, well, that's, you know, that's definitely what, I, what I'm after. Like I, I've got the interest and in the, especially with the, the data focus um, coming from that sort of background myself, like, I've, you know, if I showed you the things I've, I've used to make this purchase, it's just, you know, loads of spreadsheets, really. Um, and so that's, you know, that really um, resonated with me. And then, yeah, actually having taken the course after, you know, a bit of back and forth with some of the members that I knew that were on there who, um, you know, Rocco, who we mentioned before, he said, oh, why haven't you bought it yet? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, I'm just sort of still umming and ahhing about it. I eventually, you know, took the plunge and, um, yeah, went really, really appreciated the um, the detail that you put into, you know, not just here's what metrics to follow, but why, uh, why that makes sense. Um, and then, you know, you, you don't say um, here's the suburbs you should invest in. It's like here's how you here's the tools that you use to actually make your own decisions, um, which is, you know, absolutely would speak in my language. So, um, yeah, that's, that's essentially how I, how I got here. I didn't really interact with anyone <laughs> in the group or I didn't join any of the mentoring calls or anything like that. Um, I was a bit of a dark horse and just sort of popped up one day and said, Hey, I bought a property. <laughs> so, um, yeah. It did come out of the blue, I must say, because yeah, you didn't really, 
you I don't want to say you were an easy client because you didn't ask questions I actually want people to ask questions but yeah I was like oh what happened to the I think I was going to ask Rocco one time what happened to Aaron like you know, <laughs> properties? but it's really cool like I, I honestly find it really cool and you know like it's it's a real kind of uh I don't know if honor is the right word but like you know when people like you are clearly you know intelligent and very analytical and do their due diligence when they actually do decide to do the course like it's a big sort of vote in, of confidence in the course and then to yep. hear people like you say oh actually I think you messaged me on LinkedIn like after you started the course like oh this is actually like legit I was you know that kind of is like it, it really means a lot and of course it means nothing until you actually get results but it still means yep. it still means a lot so I, I really appreciate it I suppose like one thing that I always hear from people is like I don't want to use a buyer's agent because I can't verify their deals. Um, on the other hand, or the other school of thought is like, I'll never know enough anyway. I'll never know enough about the property market, about suburbs, about the specific specific property, you know, as compared to them, because that's what they do for a living for years yeah. and years and years. I guess my question to you is like, having gone through the whole journey now, I've bought this property, like, were you able to have complete confidence that, yep, this is the best deal. This is a great deal. And no buyer's agent could have got me anything better than this and having confidence in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I've, I'm actually on, um, I've done a buyer's agency course as well. And so I'm on the group, some of the, I won't say which one, but the, I'm on one of the Facebook groups where they have these internal discussions. And so much of the stuff they're talking about is just crap. <laughs> It's like, it's not like they're not making database decisions at all. It's all about the, um, you know, the marketing fluff around how to get clients, which is an aspect of it, sure. But um, the actual, you know, database decision-making, I just wasn't seeing there. So, um, you know, and I did as much due diligence as I possibly could and, you know, uh, at the end of the day, when the numbers stack up, you know, they, they stack up, you know, there's not really, um, you know, there's not really any kind of factors that you um, haven't really covered. So in, in the course, so I was pretty confident that there wasn't anything I was missing. I wasn't any um, unexpected surprises. Um, it was all very clearly laid out and I just sort of, yeah, lined them up and then just executed. Um, yeah. It was funny, a lot of the agents I spoke to, um, all assumed that I was a buyer's agent, um, just oh, in the really? way, up, yeah, <laughs> just in the way that I was um, conducting things, very businesslike um, and sort of straight to the point. And you know, um, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm pretty pretty easy to get along with over the phone, but I was very direct with you know negotiating and that sort of thing. So um, it was you know interesting that 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 assumption was there. But now I was like, no, I'm not a buyer's agent. I'm just doing this for my own portfolio. So. Uh, yeah. but they treat you different right when you come across a little bit like you know what you're doing like with a bit of confidence with a profession with a bit of professionalism I suppose like one question I have for you is like you were working um, hard in, in your business analyst role and you're also going to the mines and back how are you just for everyone's benefit like what are some top, top tips that you can give around these things that people typically feel that you need to do in person for example valuing the property for example negotiating with the agent for example getting the building and pest inspection done you know all of these like okay we've selected the suburb we've selected the property based on data tick tick but then there's this whole element of like how do you actually execute 
yeah. how did you find that you know interstate you, you know born in Queensland from South Australia and what are some tips that you can give to folks yeah so first thing I did was um, establish a good relationship with three property managers who I was confident in their um, their ability and their knowledge of the area um, and then it's funny, like I didn't actually get any of them to inspect any properties <laughs> after all of that. Um, but I, I actually got the the one that I ended up buying. The agent actually walked me through with a like a, a call, like a video call um, like that. But um, by the time I was ready to buy, um, it was, you know, I knew that this was, that deal wasn't going to last long. So I just pulled the trigger pretty much straight away. But um, yeah, just having, having a good team around you, like I'd already set up, um, you know, a good relationship with Emmanuel, who, you know, you've had on the channel before um, and, you know, had the right um, structure set up in place, ready to go. I had um, all my insurance quotes ready to go. I knew how much that was going to be. I basically did all the legwork on a hypothetical property sort of in my own time after hours and then would just run run the numbers through it every time, every time a property came up and if it didn't, didn't meet the criteria then um i i wouldn't go after it but um as soon as one did uh, you know it was just you know it was game time and <laughs> um sort of got it happening really quickly so and um yeah uh, as far as doing it from adelaide wasn't even a factor like <laughs> it didn't bother me at all like the fact that i hadn't seen it and probably will never see it like was you know purely an unemotional decision like you know I was just looking at the numbers um, and I know not everyone's like that <laughs> um, but yeah it, um, have, but having that team and that confidence that um, there was people around me who um, knew what they were doing as well and I could sort of just rely on them um, was really you know helped get that over the line I think. Yeah I sometimes think of this analogy it's like what what's that fish that has like really long legs and it like kind of sits very or stands very idle in like a pond or a lake and then as soon as it sees the right fish uh the bird sorry who stands in the lake and it sees the right fish it just like it just you know just snap it just yeah. gets it so that's kind of how i see property investing interstate you've selected the suburbs like the right type of location within that suburb and it's like you know when you know that it's there you just you just go for it and then all the valuation the negotiation like everything just falls into place because you know exactly what you're doing and and that's that's where confidence i think comes from you mentioned um before as well that it's a little bit under market value or below comparables um how can people figure out whether a property is cheap or expensive in that suburb yeah so um obviously yeah looking at comparables um so i mean this one was um you know 422 so looking at other recent sales in the last three to six months um and there was a bit of um say variance between the types of properties like there's different pockets within the suburb obviously markets within markets so um but this particular area um, was very um, affluent, let's say. And I, I could tell that, um, and I looked at other comparables um, in that particular pocket and they were way above what the asking was um, by quite a lot. And, you know, there was a couple of, you know, obviously there was a few things um, that weren't, um, no, it wasn't a problem, but it wasn't, you know, sort of um, perfect, um, but, you know, not anything that I was too worried about. Um, and so that... I imagine that would affect the value a little bit, but um, 
yeah, I was, you know, pretty confident based on the other, not just the listings, which, you know, is not actually what property goes for, but um, just the actual sales as well. Um, and I called agents um, around the place as well. You know, there was a property that sold for substantially less than other market value um, around the place. And, you know, he explained why that was and that was, you know, extenuating circumstances and it was like, did not reflect the typical market. Um, but yeah, so um, having that, um, like I said, that hypothetical house <laughs> in mind <laughs> and then how that stacked up. Um, yeah, it made me pretty confident of the value of it when I um, made an offer. Yeah, and, and that's a good point as well. I think when people uh, are trying to figure out what they should offer for a property, don't just look at comparables in the entire suburb because every suburb has inferior locations and superior locations just like yours is probably the most prestigious little spot in that yeah. suburb so if you're comparing a three better to you know some other house halfway around the suburb you know you're probably going to think oh this is super expensive property whereas that's actually cheap relative to the streets around yeah. it and that's why you can't use like cba anz st george everyone has their automatic valuation tools online there you go by postcode level yeah. and often their data is really old so you, you gotta you gotta do this i mean i don't know if someone can give me an automatic way of doing it or an automated way of doing it but you have to do it manually there's no other way to do it yeah no that's right um and i think like like maybe one of the last questions i want to ask you as well is you used equity from your principal place of residence to form the deposit i think or at least part of the yeah, deposit the whole deposit yeah. the whole deposit yeah <laughs> for this property so some people might think all right well you could have just saved more money, focused on your job and paid off your principal place of residence. Instead, you refinance that, getting more debt and buying investment property. Like talk us through your mindset on how you're okay with that because interest rates are rising. Yeah, I'm playing the devil's advocate here. Interest rates rising, inflation is kind of peaking, it's kind of tapering off, but it's still very high. The world is uncertain you know, yeah. how, how do you think about such a high risk strategy in this current environment? Yeah, so um, I guess when you're looking at the figures um, at the moment, like, yes, I am paying more on my mortgage now because of this, but I am actually not because the investment property is paying for it. Oh, like the, the uh, you take into account not just the um, all the expenses of the property itself, but also how much the um, equity loan is costing as well. And no, that's that's all covered. So I, I didn't know that that would be the case when I first took out the loan, obviously, um, but that's what I was aiming for. So, um, you know, I... I, yeah, I mean, I didn't didn't love the idea. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not immune to, you know, laying awake at night and wondering about how much debt I've, I've just taken <laughs> on. Um, but, you know, it's it's not as though we're taking debt out to go and, you know, try and make it big at the casino. Like, it's, um, it's debt that is, you know, quote-unquote good debt, which will um, eventually start paying for itself, um, or in my case, straight away, um, and will then snowball into a, a much larger um you know wealth acquisition asset which um you know there's you can't really get anywhere without taking on some kind of risk yes i could have saved for you know a year or so to um save up a deposit but who knows what the market would have looked like in 12 months time and you know who knows if you know because i'm a contractor so uh, while um, you make quite good money as a contractor. You can also have that rug pulled out from underneath you sometimes. So I'm like, well, the time to act is now. And, you know, that'll 
um, once that's all settled, then it'll that sort of does lower the risk and it just sort of pays for itself and doesn't matter if I, you know, our personal finances change or whatever, that's still ticking away in the background. So um, that's sort of how I, that's how I sold it to myself at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. It's definitely not, not for everyone, but if you can find, and it's, it, let's be honest, it's, it's rare to find a property that pays for itself, including the equity component, $100 a week positive. That's not an easy thing, at least not the combination of that and growth. I mean, there's plenty of positive cash flow properties out there, but not all of them are going to grow. Yeah. So on, on that thing, like my last question is, you know, I, I actually posted a video yesterday on um, YouTube and there was one person that commented saying, you Pika, you always talk about markets within markets and that's a standard property spruker scammer thing to say. And I was like, I just kind of took, it took me back for a second. So I thought, let me <laughs> put it on you, um, Aaron, because you're in the mine, so to speak, and you've just bought a property you're at the coalface. Obviously, Sydney and Melbourne, mostly Sydney, falling really hard right now, right? Like it's going to go all the way, probably down to 15, 20% um, before it bottoms out. But I always say there's markets within markets. So from your experience, like is this suburb and in regional Queensland, are other suburbs that were in your shortlist, perhaps in Perth and other places, were they actually growing in value while Sydney is tanking? Uh, yeah, they were. I mean, like, because um, the whole process has probably taken me, you know, maybe two months from way to go when I really sort of went, um, went after it. So, um, and I've been keeping an eye on, um, the, you know, the value, um, the median value on, you know, those places are, um, yeah, doing, doing okay. So, yeah, it's not, it's, it's encouraging to, um, to see those, um, I guess, more regional places um, that are not, not necessarily immune, but uh, are not affected by the, in the same way that some of the really big markets are. Um, and yeah, like, I think if you didn't know how to go about this, um, you know, like I was, saying, I was saying to my wife the other day, like, I really don't think had I not done this course that I would have any, I wouldn't have even heard of this suburb, let, let alone be confident in, in its long-term and short-term prospects. So um, yeah, it's just a, a testament to, um, you know, how clever you, you've been in putting this, this course together. So um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, definitely a huge asset that um, I'll be able to use to, to repeat, rinse and repeat um, and sort of grow the portfolio. Yeah, no, I mean, the data does the heavy lifting, right? Like the data speaks for itself and all credit to the data and those who use it. And like you said, we're not seeing 40% growth anymore. Like the, yeah. one of those days from last year, but we are seeing growth. And if you look at the cash on cash return, I mean, you didn't put any cash. So the cash on cash return is infinite, but let's say you put yeah. in 50, $60,000 of your own deposit the cash on cash return that people can experience right now is still, you know, 20, 25, 30% per annum. So, you know, coming full circle, you talked about the share market. I mean, this is not a debate share market versus property, but people are still making money right now in property. And, and that will always be the case because there's markets within markets. Well, um, thank you so much, yeah, Aaron. And, and like I said before, big, big congratulations. It's always really, really rewarding. Like I know you didn't really use the mentoring so much, but I put in a lot of effort in the mentoring. So it's really awesome to see someone who kind of starts by messaging you on LinkedIn, does the course, you know, gets a great, like truly a great, um, a great deal. And then full circle, you know, I do this interview. So it's, yeah, that's yeah. really cool. 
Now the, the mentoring is on my calendar. I just, <laughs> uh, it's right at the, you know, the witching hour. I'm trying to get the kids to bed and I'm just like, yeah, I'm, all right, or maybe next week. And it just <laughs> No, no good one. Congratulations, Aaron. And, and guys, um, I really appreciate, you know, people like Aaron because, you know, whilst we can't gloat that we've got them 10 properties in 10 years, it's like you got one property that's a start and, you know, a start is the start of something, you know, that something may be something worthwhile in the future. You've got to start anything in life. So good on you for taking action. I know you're busy, wife and kids and everything. So you clearly carved some time away and yeah, big ups, yeah. kudos to you, Aaron. No, thank you. And uh, yeah, thank you as well. It's, um, it's been an experience. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Aaron. And thanks everyone. Catch you later. Thanks.